Sometimes it's really important to remember the implications of who Jesus is. And to really spend a little bit of time considering what he said about himself and whether or not that's true. And if we believe what he said about himself, it really changes everything. If what Jesus said about himself is true, then he is the center and focal point of all of history. Everything before him points to him, and everything after him looks back and awaits him and considers him. Jesus is like the center of all of history if what he said about himself is true. And just to remind us a few of the things that Jesus said about himself. He made a lot of very, very extreme claims. First off, he said he was the one who all of the hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament and the Old Covenant found their fulfillment in. He said he was the culmination of thousands of years worth of prophecy. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I myself am the very embodiment of truth and reality. He said, I'm the light of the world. I myself am the light of the world. Not the sun, which gives us daylight and keeps us alive. I am. I am the gate. You cannot be saved or go to heaven or even have life inside of you, outside of me. I am the one that gets you access to God the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the bread of life. If you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you and you will die. I and the Father are one. And so Jesus makes these very, very dramatic extreme claims about himself that no other religious figure in, in the history of humanity really that ever gained a following ever made. So we don't see any figure from Judaism. We don't see any figure in the religion of Islam ever claim that they themselves are God. And Jesus claims this very fact that he is God and that everything hinges upon him. And so, of course, if that is true and that's a reality, 
that changes everything. Because now we know where to go for the answers that humanity has grappled with throughout our existence. Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I live? What's the meaning of life? How do I find joy? What do I need to stay away from? All these deep, deep questions. They all find their answer if what he said is true and if he is who he claims he is. The difficulty, I think, can be, though, is that there is, this is such a heavy and extreme reality. The, the per, all these claims of Jesus and the fact that if this is true, this is so heavy that we not, we, not everybody might be capable of taking all that in. Because you've got to make a few moves internally if you accept that that's true. And probably the main and the most difficult move is we remove ourselves from the center of our own lives and put ourselves behind him. And we, that's what we say when we use the word Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord have mercy. We use that title Lord, it means this guy is in charge of me. And that means that my ego is secondary to this guy. And all of us have that desire to be the lords of our own lives. And so there's these different impediments and these different obstacles that humanity has, a lot of different obstacles, that can keep us from accepting this reality that Jesus is who he says he is. And really, once we start following him, as probably most of us, I, I would hope, but maybe not, many of us in this church right now know it is, it is true liberation and freedom and joy to follow him and to let him take the driver's seat of our lives. That's difficult at first. There's different barriers to actually seeing that. It might feel like his accepting him as the center of reality, the center of history, the Lord of my life, is more difficult and something I don't really want to allow to happen. The pain of letting my ego, my own ego, and myself as the center of my life die. Deciding how I want to live for myself. So there's all these different struggles that we can have in, in being able to receive the Messiah in our lives. And not only the ego, there's also other obstacles. It could be obstacles that actually are not our faults or that we don't have culpability for, like the ego. 
The ego is the main one for the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes a lot of times as we hear them and their encounters with Jesus. But there's also a lot of cultural hurdles and things that get in the way of Jesus, like in our modern era. We have a culture that is very antithetical to the Christian teachings that we receive from Jesus. We have a lot of anti-Christian notions that are promoted on a daily basis and we're inundated with nonstop. And so we get formed by our culture. We get formed by our family, but we're formed by the culture. And if the culture itself is impeding us from Christ, that makes it difficult to receive him as Messiah. We have also um, various cultural practices, like the non-stop noises that we hear throughout the day. We're constantly doing something. We don't really have a cultivation of silence as modern Americans. We wake up, and from the very beginning of the day until we go to sleep, a lot of us even sleep with our phones. We have music and technology and entertainment and social media and all these things that are just like going all the time. And there's, there's really no time to receive God. God's language is silence. God speaks in silence. And so if we don't have silence, can't receive God. So that's, that's a barrier. We may also have the barrier of experience which we are not responsible for. Maybe we had somebody who was religious and who said that they were a deep Christian. We had a really bad experience with that person. And so that kind of blocks us because we, we see that person as representing Jesus. And so we can't really receive Jesus because that's in the way. Or maybe we've had some deep sorrow and we can't believe that a good God would ever allow something like that to happen to us if he were real. And so that's a barrier. Or it could be where we grew up or how we were formed. And there's plenty of barriers. But this gets us, and what I'm kind of leading into, is this gets us to our scriptures today. Isaiah talks about all these things that are in, a, in the way that God is going to make room for. He talks about wastelands, valleys, mountains, rugged lands, rough country. If we had to start off on the East Coast about 250 years ago and make our way all the way to the West Coast, of the United States, I would highly doubt that any of us would be able to make that trip. We would probably die. Uh, we would certainly be seriously injured on our travel. It might take us a couple of years if we were actually successful. And the, the chances are we'd run into a mountain or we'd run into some, a valley or we'd run into some rough terrain that would make us incapable of getting all the way there. If we went from 
the East Coast to the West Coast nowadays, it would be a long trip, but we'd be able to take a highway that's been paved over a number of years, and we'd be able to hop in our car, and with some precautions, we'd be able to get there. No big deal. Because there'd been highways paved for us to get there. This is the job of John the Baptist. This is his ultimate vocation in today's scripture. A voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Get people ready to receive this really deep and heavy reality, which is not easy to receive necessarily. John the Baptist appeared in the desert proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And this was a very humiliating practice. People would get naked in the River Jordan and they'd let John dunk them in the water and pull them out. And they would then confess their sins publicly in front of everybody. This act of humility to prepare themselves to receive Jesus. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan as they acknowledged their sins. There is this movement and this excitement, and people, there was something in the air. And people knew there was something special about John. They trusted him. And they allowed themselves to get ready. I think this job of John is the job of all of us as we're reflecting on what's going on in Advent and preparing to receive Jesus in his first coming and his second coming. And the work of evangelization is the work of John the Baptist. None of us, and parents out there, I speak to a lot of you who have raised children and who are raising children right now, none of us can really force anyone, nor would Jesus ever want us to, to accept him and to follow him. Can't force a family or friends or people who are away from the church or away from Jesus to accept him. We might know and have tasted the goodness and joy of following Jesus. We can't force anybody to accept him, though. What we can do in various ways is prepare a way for people to receive him. And I say especially parents because... We can, as time goes on, prepare our children and um, through the life of prayer, through bringing them here, teaching them how to pray, teaching them through our own witness of faith and the words that we teach them, we can get them ready to really receive Jesus in a personal way, maybe as children, but oftentimes as adults. And sometimes that can be very discouraging work. Um, That can be, we can become very disheartened in that. Maybe our kids grow up and they they go off to college and all of a sudden they drop off from following Jesus or taking him seriously and they fall on the path of kind of worldliness and base pleasures. 
and they let go of a lot of these things and they maybe find themselves in a bad place. But not to be discouraged. It's not our work. It's God's work. We just prepare the way. I think about and I'm thankful for all of us have had John the Baptist in our own lives. I just think about my own parents. Just the importance of going to Mass every single Sunday growing up, being forced to go to Mass every single Sunday growing up, very often. Not wanting to go. But I went. My dad, not the most religious guy on the planet, but he was at Mass every Sunday. My mom, asking us to pray the family rosary from time to time, and it didn't all take. It didn't take then. It's not some kind of instant results from these kind of practices. But it prepared a way for me to receive Jesus and really want to follow him for me in college. The ground was set. Jesus, we ask you to Give us strength and encouragement in the work of evangelization, preparing ways for those around us, especially in the family life, to receive Jesus. Help us to not be discouraged. We ask you to continue to prepare a place for yourself in our interior life. Help us to be humble and accept the various John the Baptist figures in our own lives who are paving a way for you with their witness, with their words in our own lives. And help us to be humble to let go of our egos, to allow you to be Lord of our lives and to allow for the fullness of joy and freedom in our lives as we follow you. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us just take a few minutes of silence to invite the Lord to speak with us and to be with him in the silence.